0: I've always enjoyed work. I find hard work to be very, very satisfying. You know, you, you go out and especially the cooking for me. And I, I didn't realize that. But um, yeah, clean cooking came about because I had a really bad day and was pissed off and frustrated and didn't. And through desperation, I we created opportunity.
1: Welcome to the Amplified Whole Health podcast, where personal and organizational health meet. I'm your host, Justin Collier, and my goal is to bring you insightful interviews with business owners and leaders from a variety of different industries. We'll be talking about employee development, leadership, company culture, and quality products and services and how they drive success in business. Thanks for joining me and let's get started. Welcome. And thanks for joining. Uh, looking forward to our guest today, Stuart Rowland. I just want to remind everybody take a moment to, of course, like, follow, subscribe, et cetera, to com and all of the other uh, sites that go along with it. So, Stuart, thanks for coming on the show. You are with Clean Cooking. Clean Cooking. And you go by Stu or Stuart?
0: Just whatever. Uh, it doesn't really. It would, I guess technically our real name is Stew's Clean Cooking. We had to we had to do it because Clean Cooking is too broad of a name, like clean and cooking, to get our trademark. So we actually have it, its trademark, Stew's Clean Cooking.
1: All right. So Stew's Clean Cooking. Yep. You've been doing Clean Cooking for how long?
0: Uh, I think we're in our fifth year now. I started in November of 2016. I mean, I started probably three months before that out of my house for just friends, and it, it caught on. Yeah. And then we bought a food trailer, and yeah, it's been a little bit since then.
1: So what, what drove you or what was the purpose behind clean cooking?
0: Well, uh, a lot of it, the, the company came about because I was tired of changing oil to put it okay. simply right. like I, I wasn't, I, I wasn't feeling fulfilled. I, I really, I enjoyed my job. I enjoyed the people I worked with, uh, but it, it being a mechanic is that was not what I was meant to do. And I knew that, you know, but it, it, it paid the bills, you know, and you know, all that. And, uh, but I was overweight because I just wasn't happy. And so when you're not happy, you eat and, you know, I, I, I was, I would flirt with 300 pounds a lot, you know, my heaviest I'd ever been was 310. Um, and I, I needed to lose weight. And so it all started by me figuring out, literally using YouTube, how to eat and nutrition and then taking these people's words and videos and and knowledge and experimenting with it and trying it on myself and running these fad diets for three months, running these whatever for, and, you know, and really what what happened was I, I lost 94 pounds and I got down to 218. I had all the abs I had with the butterfly pull-ups and it was all amazing. And, uh, my CrossFit coach, Nick Tucker, uh, who's now at four thirteen, is, uh, he, he's like, man, you, you should do this for people. And we started and doing it and I was just doing it on the side. And, but the clean cooking started because I had, I was having a really bad day (laughs) (laughs) and I, I was just, I I was having a really bad day. I was feeling really frustrated at work. Um, you know, and I just, a a series of things happened and I lost my cool and I quit. And I literally just, I, you know, I, I got pissed off. I, I'm not necessarily proud of how it went. Um, but it went the way it went. (laughs) And, uh, I found myself unemployed and my wife had a six week old baby. <laughs> we had a little, little girl. And, uh, you kind of go, what do I do now? And that we had this thing on the side, I was doing this meal prep and it was catching on. And you know, we're, it made money from day one. Yeah, Like if you're willing to put the work in, it's the money is there. It's just a lot of work and it's not a lot of money, but you just have to do it with volume. Like you want to make more money, sell more food. Like that's, that's the, the, the the essence of it. And you know why clean cooking sells ridiculous amounts of food is because we have to in order (laughs) to make money. We sell $5 meals, you know? And, uh, but we like, we enjoy the work and I, I've always enjoyed work. I find hard work to be very, very satisfying. You know, you, you go out and especially with cooking for me. And I, I didn't realize that, but um, yeah, clean cooking came about because I had a really bad day and was pissed off and frustrated and didn't. And through desperation, I we created opportunity.
1: So you just quit. You said, I'm done doing the mechanic thing because yeah. uh, you had a really bad day. Yeah, pretty much. And you go home. And you tell your wife, "Yeah, hey, I no longer have a job, but we have this clean cooking thing on the side. Yeah, uh why don't we just start making more meals?" And then you, wh- what'd you do? I mean, at this point, you're just making stuff out of your. I was house. making stuff out of my
0: house, but it was it was catching on. Like it wasn't it, it 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 there was a frenzy. Like it wasn't like it wasn't like I was having to chase people down. I mean, I did. After a few weeks, you know, you you kind of reach out and you're like, "Hey." You know, your regulars, you, you just reach out to them and say, Hey, you want this week, you know, and most of them will. Um, but I never had to chase anybody down. It was always, I always got new people finding me because people were talking about it. Like no matter what I tried to do to keep it under wraps, my friends were like, this is so good. <laughs> yeah. You know, cause they eat it and it would smell amazing. And you know, there'd be other people to ask questions. And so I was always getting messages. It'd like, so the group, I had to start a private fight Facebook group. that was like five people. And then it went to 10 and now our private Facebook group is almost 4,000. Um, and it, but I knew there was something there cause it worked for me. Yeah. I was feeling good. I was excited. I knew the food was fantastic because that's what I ate all the time and the so i knew it was something and the numbers made sense like if you look at it on paper sure it's all in the right direction it's just you don't make a lot but it's there yeah um and so if you're willing to do it like that was my thing and uh so it was scary um but we kept it going, and so by the third week, we had, I was doing 27 people a week, five days of meals for them out of my kitchen in a 1,200-square-foot house with a baby and kid, and, you know, and I, it was wild. I mean, I was running, like, a, one of those, like, 36-inch flat tops that you buy at, like, Walmart to cook, like, sweet potato pucks. I was building, like, a smoker in my backyard of cinder blocks. <laughs> it was wild. Like, I was – I was – well, so – that's the crazy thing is I've never smoked meat before clean cooking. Okay. Like I, I, it was out of need. Yeah. Like literally everything in this company happens because of we have to have it, you know? And so the only way that I could think of it to smoke more or to cook more food than grilling is to smoke it. Yeah. You know, otherwise you're running the oven all the time. You're doing this, you know, a grill can only hold so many chicken breasts, blah, blah, blah. but on a smoker, you can you cook put a, it lot in there for eight, a lot of meat for eight hours, yeah. you know, and so you just put a little thought into it and that's how I started doing it. And then I figured out I had a knack for it, you know, cause it's just science cooking. You know, the game of, of barbecue of making perfect barbecue is to cook it as hot as you can without drying it out. Like that's, you know, as hot and fast as you can without creating too much of a temperature difference between the outside and the inside. It's a game. You know, so it, for me, it's how fast can I cook amazing barbecue? And, you know, most people are like pork butts are a, you know, 14 hour deal. Briskets are 18. Us, it's eight. You know, it's like, we got this. And so it's, you know, that was the game of it for me. And so, yeah, we just, just go. But when you're doing 27 people out of your house, it's a problem.
1: It was, yeah. So then what, what'd you do?
0: Um, i couldn't afford a kitchen. the banks wouldn 't give me any money because i didn't know what I was doing uh, and rightfully so nobody should have given me any no the credit cards shouldn't have sent me the offers that they did but that 's how I financed everything was through credit cards um, and i I took our life savings and I bought a twenty four foot barbecue trailer and uh, a smoker and uh i i said, I'm going to cook out of this and we're going to do this full time and we're going to see what happens.
1: How, how did you and your wife come to agreement on that? Or like, what was it? I can't, for many people who, who, are, who want to be entrepreneurs and they want to get started. I mean, period, it takes sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Everything in life is a sacrifice somewhere. And so you had to, to have that conversation with your wife and you have to get her on board. Cause if she's not on board, you're going to be miserable, Um, what was your process?
0: So she was one of the founders of sweet boutique. Um, uh, her and her sister started it long time ago, 10 or 11 years ago now. Great. Amazing company. You know, the, the best pastries and all this, she's now full-time with clean cooking because we need her more. And she really wanted her sister back. You know, when you're working with somebody like family, it's, it's more business than play, you know, and they worked together amazingly well. And, you know, there's never been any issues, you know, along those lines, but it's a lot more fun being family, you know, like where we can just go and not and have our own lives and just enjoy each other as opposed to. And it it was just that time. And so they split this year where Steph now is with me running clean cooking and brooke is off doing and we still you know help each other out just all the time it's it's a great thing um but her being one of the founders of another small business she knows what it takes and she was an owner of a company so we weren't it wasn't like we were you know in either of us were in you know minimum wage jobs you know we we both have worked a long time we were both i was as a mechanic i was being paid very well as a mechanic you know it wasn't like a it it, so it was a big hit for us but we also lived and still continue to live very frugally and uh it's that's also a you know as part of your guys questionnaire the the financial aspect for us has always been interesting and we we really enjoy saving money and being creative and the the lifestyle that that you know, like in our world, the only thing that's cooler than buying a a brand new Cadillac is being able to buy a brand new Cadillac, you know, you know, like, yeah, I could, but why, why would I have this Toyota Camry? It's perfect. It gets great gas mileage. I only need a 6.2 liter. I drive a gazillion miles, (laughs) 40 miles a gallon. Come on. You know, I'm a, we're practical. Yeah. You know? And so in that sense, she looked at me and knew I was miserable. Mm -hmm. you know and she said you know we're we're doing okay as long as you as long as this doesn't cost us anything you know you're okay to do it for a while i i believe in you i know you can do it um you know you're we we've got enough for us to do this for a year you know let's see where it goes and she did and she was just incredible about. It. I mean, don't get me wrong, it's stressful. Yeah, I'm sure. If it's still we there was still a number of times because I would come home just so excited. I'd be like, I sold 40 meals today. 40, 40, 40, almost a hundred. You know, like that's gonna be like a hundred meals this week. Like, and like that's the coolest thing. When I've never worked in the food industry, people are buying my food. I'm a mechanic. Like, what is going on here? And so I, I loved it. And so every, every growth has been a, has been exciting. You know, it's none of it's ever expected. And that's, I think that's the beautiful part of it is like, this was not an expected thing. It's <laughs> this, just been hard work. Yeah. Just well, working hard. just working hard, doing the right thing, Yeah, you know, taking care of people, you know, trying to, you know, there's, there's definitely people out there that, you know, we've, we don't see eye to eye anymore. And, you know, they have a much different take on situations that happened than I do. And, uh, you know, but it being like, literally basing every decision on right or wrong, not basing it on whether what you want or need, you know, and it's funny how, what happens when you do that? Like, it's really amazing what happens when you are not part of the equation and you just let it happen, you know, and Mm -hmm. you're just trying to guide, you know, good, you know, just to create and to lift it, it clean cooking happens, you know, it's, that's what happens is.
1: (laughs) Well, and and now clean cooking is, is no longer in a trailer. No, it's, uh, no longer just here. So how big is this thing now?
0: It's getting big. Um, it it's, it's, we're, we now have a 3,600 square foot production kitchen with three industrial smokers and over a thousand square feet of uh, freezer space just at the
1: kitchen. So you're now your kitchen is three times the size of your house. Yeah, <laughs> you used to cook out of your house. And yeah,
0: now yeah, yeah, it's it's, yeah. it's 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 like that. And it, there's about 14 <laughs> people that are there all the time. Yeah, um, is that and then we we have six locations, you know, that are. It, just we, at first we were delivering and now people, it just got too complicated and it was just too, so we just let people come to us. And so basically it's, we have six pickup points. Um, that's, you know, the easiest way to describe a store is just go and pick up your food.
1: <laughs> so how many employees do you have now? <sighs> like 27 Okay, full-time, I think. So 27 full-time employees. How do you how do you build relationship with these 27 people that are now in different cities? All
0: it's, it's difficult. It, it is. Um, there's, there's times where it's like, they've worked for me for weeks and they'll just meet me. I just met, um, uh, some people in Bentonville today, you know, is there, it, it, it's great. I love it. Like, but it also is like, I wish I could do more, mm-hmm. you know? Um, because it, it is it's hard having people in your company that you entrust and believe in, but you don't have necessarily a personal relationship with. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it it's something that I'm only recently been able to start growing. Um, I I've, I don't know how to put it, but by giving up power, you're gaining power. Um, I've basically broken off most of part, a lot of my job Mm -hmm. um, and handed it off to somebody to basically be the business side of me that does the numbers and runs the, you know, the things that slow me down, Mm -hmm. anything that doesn't allow me to do beast do um, is what Brian's job is. Okay. (laughs) So, but the thing is, is he's exceptionally good at, and he's intuitive. And so he's been with us for a few months now, and it feels like he's been there forever. And, you know, but that's the, that's what's allowing me now to where I don't necessarily have a job in the company. My job is to drive the company, Mm -hmm. um, which is, Fantastic, which is where I literally, I believe every single small business owner is trying to get to where it's the business is healthy and, you know, thriving, but you're not needed, Mm -hmm. you know, and and that's really where it is, where my job is now to do nice stuff and to create new delicious food. Yeah. And that's what I want to
1: do. I think. Well, I have, I've had a manager and he used to say, uh, are you working on the business or working in the business? And, and in my role, I need to be working on the business. And just like in, for your situation, in order to grow effectively and to do the next thing, you can't be in the weeds mm-hmm. and in every detail.
0: That's and a, it's great. I, I, there's a, I have another way of saying exactly that. It's like, you can't see the big picture when you're standing in it, mm-hmm. you know? And so that's like, that's, that's been the, the, the theme of everything that is business is get out of the way
1: (laughs) and get out of the way. Let it, let it be business. Yeah. Well, how do you, how do you communicate with your employees when you've got 27, you know, folks and you've got these six different locations and, and it's grown very rapidly. So how do you, how do you effectively communicate with folks?
0: Well, so that's, also it's always a struggle uh cuz that's honestly o- always evolving um and it it is not my strength communication is has never been my strength um but is to have m- my trick is to have people around me that do communicate very well and care and pay attention to details that are just lost on me and uh i have stephanie that that does that. And she's been, she's my people whisperer. (laughs) Uh, and we have zoom meetings is how we've done it through COVID. Um, you know, is, is virtually trying to limit, you know, limit contact even with us. When we're at the stores, we try not to have kitchen people around store people just it's, it's wild. Um, but I try to make it a point to, to find out something about them and talk to them about it. Just like literally everybody, I'm much better at the kitchen because that's where I'm around more. Yeah. Um, but I think whatever we're doing seems to be working because we're getting a lot of long term employees. Mm-hmm. You know, we we do have a lot of turnover, but you know, the ones that generally, they'll, a lot of them will stick around for years. I mean, I have employees that are getting close to three years out of a five year business. That's uh, I mean, it, it, it feels good to be able to rely on people. And that's, that's how I effectively is I rely on people to do their job, mm-hmm. you know? And when I've, when you trust somebody, essentially that's what you have to do. Otherwise you're going to micromanage is let people do their job. And my job is to create a good company, do really nice things, but don't put me in charge of anything (laughs) you know like don't leave me to be anything organized i i understand my role in the company and it is not is not in the Mm day-to-day yeah so yeah it is hard having it's a different structure to put it that way like it's i have a tendency to ramble on a little bit because it is i have there's two competing paradigms there's the one where it's very regimented and strict, and this is your boss, and this is your boss, and this, hey, communicate. And with me, it's I'm everywhere. Like, I'll one day I'm deli- like this morning, I was already delivering food up in Bentonville and Fayetteville if I stopped and worked in the Bentonville store, you know, because they had a line out the door. It, it, great problems to have, but like, you know, it, it, that's how you, you go and work side by side with them and you get to know them and you do nice stuff and it, it's hard. You, there's am I going to know the people in Bentonville as well as I know the ones in River Valley? Probably not. But over time I will. Um but yeah, it you, you kind of have to just not worry about it. <laughs> like I don't want to put it like it sounds a little awful when you say it, but like the people come the people that work for us want to work for us. Mm -hmm. It's not while they, they, they know who I am and, you know, they'll tell me that is that I came to work for you because of what you do, Mm -hmm. you know? And I, I, that kind of works for me because I have, I don't understand people, you know, I don't want to put it as say I'm like on the spectrum or anything, but people are not my strength. Mm -hmm. whatsoever. So when people give me that pass, it makes things a lot easier where I can just be normal and not worrying about, you know, trying to tiptoe around and be like, Oh, Hey, how's your dog that you don't have, you know, or stuff like that. You know, I don't do those.
1: (laughs) So you've got these relationships that, you know, you're building, uh, you know, this structure by just spending time, because it sounds like you're really involved in the business kind of, uh doing different roles and responsibilities as as is the need arises, how do you help to encourage employee development or how do how do they grow within within their responsibilities
0: so that is that is hard um because of our <laughs> the business model it it's really hard like our store employees are fantastic and when they their position generally will i encourage them outside of the company okay (laughs) like to put it simply like because there's only so far you can really go obviously yes people stephanie started as a part-time store assistant and now she's general manager you know and all this but there's only so many open positions and as we open stores the positions become more available got it and as we get bigger there's more but at any given time, almost all of the positions are filled. Mm-hmm. And so they're having to kind of wait for the people above them to get out of the way. Um, and so I encourage them to do the outside things. And honestly, it works great. Like Nathan, who's our uh, Fayetteville store manager, is in a band and he doesn't necessarily want a lot of responsibility, but he enjoys working for the company and it provides him what he needs. Yeah. And we have a lot of that where we are, I'm okay with being a stepping stone. Yeah, uh, and so as long as we're a good solid stepping stone and there's mutual respect, I have zero problem people using us because I'm gonna use them. You know, it, that's the business transaction of it. Mm-hmm. Um it it's it's not uh now their gems obviously do show through and do create more work and find positions and stuff like that, but In general, it's not, there's not an endless thing inside of our company. There's four layers and we have five stores and, you know, it's, it, it, but I do listen to them. Yeah. Like I haven't had a real idea in a couple of years (laughs) (laughs) and, uh, but I, I do listen to my people and I do talk to them and I do treat them like human beings because they're human beings, you know, as opposed to just being a. Uh, a mechanical piece in a puzzle Mm -hmm. you know it's you have I think by creating a good work environment it makes up for uh, the financial opportunity of a company that sells five dollar (laughs) meals you know people like that we're doing good things for the community and they like that we're easy to work for and it's 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 really good company we have retirement and healthcare and you know, a lot of stuff that's just not around here, and we work ten to six. I mean, we don't get up early.
1: <laughs> don't get up early, or not around too late.
0: Yeah, or just just whatever's convenient for us. <laughs> you know, and that's that's really kind of how it's played out. Is it, it whatever works for us,
1: and it seems to be working.
0: Does, you know, there's, uh, you, if you play everything by the numbers and you just go, well. 80% of the people want this and 20% of the people want this, but these people are going to be noisy. Let's just deal with these people, mm-hmm. you know? And that's kind of how it works is I, yeah, I get questions every day. Can you take the cheese off? No, you know, it, the meals are pre-made. This is our meal. It's pre-set up macros. That's how we pass the savings on to you. Yeah. You know, is if, I can do it, but it's going to cost you $11 a meal.
1: Right. So for you, it's about volume and having a very kind of, I'm going to call it cookie cutter Mm -hmm. defined process Mm -hmm. where, you know, this is what we're making and and people can join you and and eat your meals or they can find another opportunity. And you seem to be okay with that. You're not trying to serve everyone.
0: Yeah, no, no. And I mean, we are, and we're going to, when they try it, they, (laughs) they do. That's the thing is, is like, it's, it's almost a, I don't want to sound cocky or arrogant or anything, but like when you try the food, you're going to like it. And you, you, if you don't like it, it's because you don't like a certain ingredient that's in the food. Mm-hmm. It's not that you don't like the food, you know, you might not like smoked meats. And that's the only thing that will really turn people off is that we do a lot of barbecue, yeah, you know, and we use real wood in real smokers because we have to be able to cook a lot of meat. Um, But it, I, it's I, I'm confident. I mean, we, ha- we have so many new people and just so many people love it. And people are like, man, I, I didn't want to try it for. I was $5 frozen. I'm an idiot. I'm sorry. You know, like they're the, like, I don't know what took me so long. Like this is the greatest thing ever, you know? And you know, after that, or honestly, the it's, it's not designed to, it's designed to help hmm. that. Like that's, That's it. It's, it's, it's a product that's designed to help. It's not meant for anything. Like it's whatever it is to you. Do you want convenience food? Perfect. Do you want healthy food? Perfect. Do you want, I don't know how to cook, but I want to eat healthy. Here you go. You you need a budget, you know, diet. I got you, you know, whatever it's, it's whatever you want. And then if you want to take it and cover it in barbecue sauce or whatever, totally it's your food. (laughs) You know, like it, it's, it's just what it is. And it, it's just meant to be simple hmm. and be good
1: simple and good yeah and clean cooking
0: and clean cooking
1: yeah so you get started off in your house you've built this thing up now to six stores what's the strategy for choosing
0: locations well that's been a that's a a learning curve Um, basically for us, find the most rundown shopping plaza in the highest volume area you possibly can get in cheap and put it in front of a lot of people and that's how we do it. You Mm -hmm. know, it's, um, it's worked out in Bentonville. We went after the, nobody wants to go after 14th street or Bud Walton. Or, you know, like any of the major, you can't do anything on them. Hmm. So we had to find the ones that the locals use, which is for us is Southeast 28th Street because it splits them right down the middle. And it's a two lane with that you can make it across town in 15 minutes. And so we picked that one. Um we did the same thing at Fayetteville um by using um, Joyce and Crossover as opposed to using College and Joyce. You know instead of going after 71 where all the business and traffic is use the one where people are using going home you know and so because that's we won't, we're gonna be the last stop we you were selling frozen food you're gonna go home after us. <laughs> so let's put them on the way home yeah. you know and so that's really kind of how we do it is you know Greenwood that's on the way home you know out on 10 you know but then we have Fort Smith which is just smack dab in the middle and it, <laughs> that. Uh, For the most part, as long as people can get in and out of the parking lot easily, it doesn't matter where you put it. They're going to find you. It's wild. Even Van Buren, which is about the most horrible spot you could possibly think of. like The only visibility you have is going 80 miles an hour on the highway when you look over off of the bridge. (laughs) Like That's the only way you're going to see us unless you're on Rudy Road.
1: Got it. So you have to be intentional. Yeah
0: yeah uh, they're 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 looking for us,
1: so your strategy though has really been you know find locations that are easy for people to get in and out of that aren't in the busiest parts of town um and like you're saying, you said you know get into a place that's affordable and into an area that's got a lot of folks, yeah, and they'll come come find you,
0: yeah, I mean that's really it for like <sighs> real estate people will always push you into the highest tier. Brackets, I, They're sales. No, they should be if they aren't trying to put you in the most expensive unit. They're not doing their job. So don't get mad at salespeople for trying to get you into the biggest, most expensive thing. That's how they make their living, you know. If, but they should be doing it with a conscience, <laughs> you know. In reality, like the, and not trying to kill you. But at, I've always been pushed into these top tier A one spots and. You know, but they always want twenty-two to twenty-seven dollars a foot. You know, and they're always too big, and they're always do this. But it, but it's such a great location. You have fifty thousand people a day in front of you, but you're not thinking about how many of those you have to, how much work you have to do to get those in there to pay. You have to, you're paying that bill right off the beginning. Yeah, whether you're going gangbusters or not, mm-hmm. you know. And so for us, it's always been well, is there a little suite on the back side of the building that I can get a, I get a sign on the front? You know, because it, it's not a flashy company. You know, If the only reason you'll know about us is you're looking for us. You know, you're looking for healthy, cheap food that's good and, you know, so-and-so that helps you lose weight. It's not, we advertise, but it's not something that's like... Let me show you a picture of broccoli. Yeah. <laughs> come on. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, and we do, we have the eye candy of the barbecue and stuff like that, but it's it, healthy is hard to sell, man. Healthy is hard to sell.
1: Well, let's talk about products and, and services for just a moment. I mean, obviously this food you've got, how many different meals have you come up with
0: over the years or right now?
1: For right now. Like what do you have in your store? How many meals do you have in your store? Oh, I
0: think we're floating at like 20.
1: Okay. So you have 20 different meals yeah. and how do you come up with this? I mean, is this now you coming up with this stuff or now that you've got this new facility and you've got a kitchen staff and like how, where does it come it's from? It's a little bit of,
0: so this recent one, this new, the new breakfast bowls are are all Brian, but he comes from the egg and I, and he comes from, you know, a breakfast. So it, this is his wheelhouse. And so the breakfast stuff is hundred percent my team, all this. Um, besides that, a lot of it has mostly been me, but it doesn't mean that all like there's, I call it taco Belling it. Um, and so this is just so everybody knows, this is how we make our menus. <laughs> it's called taco Belling. Um, we have about 17 items that we absolutely a hundred percent know hands down will work in our product. So we know that our brown rice, our broccoli, blah blah blah, all, all the different components will work. Okay And so we basically throw it into a grab bag, shake it up, and start pulling out, you know, and we start trying stuff to see what works and what tastes good, and you know what combinations are weird and crazy that nobody would think of, and then maybe we throw a sauce in there, or we do some um, or we look for a, a new product, but in in general, pretty much everything on our menu shares a component with at least two other products on the menu. That way we are able to make it go longer, you know, in that all right, so we're full up on this, we can shift the extra corn to this so that we're not it, we always have an outlet for product. Yeah. Um it but yeah, I mean it, we watch TV or I'll come up with an idea. A lot of it is, you know, we we have several people that come to me with ideas or they're like, Hey, we need to bring in Hawaii, Hawaiian pork. And then we'll, we'll go into discussion and it will be a round table and we'll, we'll be like, yeah, that'll be good. And we we'll go try it. I'm like, we'll that didn't work. Or we need to do this to the pork. It's literally every day. We're just sitting there just talking about food in the mornings. It's what are we going to do? Oh, let's make some ribs. Hey, let's do this. It's, it's, it's wild that this is a job.
1: But you're having more fun than you were before. Oh
0: my God. Like I haven't worked in five years now. Like I, there's no other way you can get up at midnight on uh, at when it's 16 degrees outside and go load 30 degree meat into like, wow. there's, you just have to love that.
1: And you didn't know because you were, I mean, you were no. doing the mechanic thing. You really didn't know that you enjoyed cooking you were doing it out of necessity for yourself
0: mm. to well, get to your goal. I, I did. I've always liked cooking. Okay, and I've always been good at cooking, but I've never had any formal training. Got it. Like I. But to be fair, I am the guy that can watch the Food Network and then go to your cupboard and cook it. Like I, it's I have no. I'm gonna have you over sometime. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. I mean, it, <laughs> it's it's wild. What like I don't know how I do it. Yeah. But it it works. <laughs> And just, I like to cook yeah. and make crazy stuff.
1: And now you've got this business.
0: It's, that lets me do it all the time.
1: Let you do it all the time. Yeah. And it's growing and,
0: and it's, it's been successful. Well, what's really funny is that I get samples of stuff. Like I don't just like make stuff. I just get random stuff sent to it. Like, and like huge amounts like here, try 70 pounds of our chicken. Okay.
1: So now you got to figure out what are you going to cook? Yeah, what are we going to cook make?
0: with it? And then I generally will turn it around and then donate those meals out to, you know, the, the unsheltered of Fort Smith or wherever we're, wherever we're doing stuff, you know, it's, I'll try it, but I will not throw away food ever. Yeah. You know, it's obviously unless we have to, yeah, it's not safe for consumption, but if, if there is a chance that we could save it and nourish somebody, with something that will be thrown away, we are definitely going to do it. And I've got probably three different charities that I can call at any time to get rid of stuff. You know, just, psh, hey, within 30 minutes, they're there picking it up.
1: Yeah. so Which is great. You've got this opportunity to, to give back to the communities and, that you're serving, and you've got these six different locations. I mean, that's plenty of opportunity to, yeah. to help folks out. Maybe let's, let's come back to kind of your strategy for the business and where, where do you go from here? You know, I mean, is it more stores, more locations? Is um,
0: it- yes. And more States and more States. Um, we have the blueprint. So you have a, you have an idea. You've got this thought. And now well, you're. Well, definitely- we had gone down a whole road. We franchised Greenwood started out as a franchise, you know, and it, it's no longer a franchise. It is a corporate store. Um, but that's because we no longer have a USDA facility. Mm-hmm. um we had to reabsorb our, our our stuff and the um but it's still a great a great store and it's still an amazing great thing but when you go to franchise you literally have your entire business in a book mm-hmm. and we have that like we franchise we have the ability i have the the fdd and i am and have the 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 area rep agreements for it you know it's the so having that means that we can then take this and train people and say, this is how you do it. Mm-hmm. Go do this. And if we show up and you're not doing that, why are you not doing it?
1: So that's how you keep your stores uniform though. You've, you've built kind of a playbook
0: yeah. for folks
1: and, and now it's, it's easy to keep things
0: yeah, we, in line. It's, it's, it is, it's, we have standards, we have a, a brand and we have, you know, they're, it needs to be done this way. This is our colors. This is this is the shades. If this is not the shade it needs to be repainted. You know, like all of the 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 components of that are there. But we'll continue to grow inside of Arkansas, expanding towards Little Rock, knowing what we know, uh, filling out in the larger cities first, you know, looking mm-hmm. at, you know, Conway, Russellville, you know, Little Rock, North Little Rock, probably because you know, well, the net income there. But the you know, there uh it, it really does the the more wealthy the area it is, is it's it seems to show that that's where the desire is. Yeah. You know, it it goes hand in hand. But the uh we'll then probably start replicating and because the company will have gotten to a certain size where we'll start dropping you know, a kitchen and 10 stores in a state Mm -hmm. at once Mm -hmm. and, you know, go ahead and and pull the trigger on a, a, you know, walking on a 70 person company from scratch, you know, but we'll obviously be taking on investors going on in in that way of, um, almost like a Chick-fil-A business model. Mm -hmm. They're, they're brilliant the way they do it. Um, It's, they have franchisees, but they don't have franchisees, you know, it's like they're, the franchisees are, are selected on who they are and what they believe more than their net worth or ability to build the restaurant, Hmm. you know, and that's what we're looking at is like, Hey, if we find the right person, you know, that's really what it comes down to. So your stores
1: today, the way you're cooking all of this in the big facility you talked about, it's just you know, I think what did you say? Yeah. Three thousand thirty five hundred yeah. square feet. So you're cooking everything there and then you you package it all up and then you ship it out to these individual stores who are then selling
0: Mm-hmm. selling the product. Yeah. It's, I hate to put it like bluntly, but it, it's, yeah, we, we have our manufacturing facility, which is basically a factory, but it's an old gas station that we've converted. Okay, it, It's wild. We call it the meat station. So if you ever see us on social media it'll, and you see the meat station, well, that's our kitchen. It was a barbecue restaurant that I ran. It, w- it was like good food, bad service kind of style. <laughs> I don't do people. Um, but it was insanely good barbecue. Um, but then we clean cooking got going too much and we had to use the facility for clean cooking. And, uh, so we'll, we make it all there. We have, uh, how many, what one giant walk-in cooler for all the pre package. And then we have two, we have uh, a 10 by 20 blast freezer and then, uh, a 20 by 20 storage freezer with higher ceilings for pallets and stuff like that. Um, and then we store it all there. Um, and then we have a reefer that we back up and we palletize everything and we load it up all on the reefer and we go deliver to the stores on the pallets in the refrigerated truck. And then we unload the pallets and pack it all into the freezers there. Wow. Um, yeah. So it's, and then the stores take the frozen food out of the freezer, put it in a bag for you and send you home. Nice. Yeah.
1: Well, as we wrap up, I I guess maybe I'd like to ask you a final question, which is what's your favorite meal that you've created, whether it's on your menu or not, what, what's your favorite?
0: Oh, there's a couple, there's a couple that I miss. Um, so, I mean, the Noah's Ark right now is, is probably one of my all time favorites. Um, why is that? Well, it's the first bowl I've ever put chicken, pork, and brisket in all at once. And then it's just like over fajita veggies, you know, and, and you can do anything from there with that one. Like you can take that one and scoop it out and make three like street tacos. So like, like right there, you're just like, okay, all I need is tortillas or you can add a little cheese to it. And you got like this crazy cheesy, or you just got fajitas or like, you know, and it's huge. It's six ounces of meat. Like it, it is a big meal. Um, but there are ones out there that like, I love chicken thighs. I love smoked chicken thighs. Like, and like to the point where like where they're fall there's no fat in them because you just overcook the snot out of them and they're just falling apart. And they're,
1: which is hard to do with it. You can't really overcook a chicken. No, thigh. you can't
0: like it, but you have to get it to like, we're not just, just pre jerky. Yeah. Like, right. but I, I don't do, I don't like chicken fat. So like it, whatever, but because the dark meat is so juicy, that you do that and you pair it with carrots and you put it with brown rice and there is something about that fat melting out of the chicken onto the sweetness of roasted carrots and then it all just getting soaked up by the rice and the rice getting sticky because of it. Oh, that is... Or a spicy number five. That's that's also another one. Like, because we did... The number five was... Has our overall been our our most popular role ever. Um... But we did two versions of a sweet and a spicy, but we ran out of freezer space. so We had to pick the more popular one because we always base things off of numbers, sure. not feelings. Sure. <laughs> and, uh, and then we will go and it was just, it was close, but we had to pick the sweet and it was a good choice. And then I missed the spicy number five. Though. <laughs> it's fantastic. It is. But those, those are the two.
1: Nice. Well, thanks. Uh, thanks for sharing that. And thanks for coming on and telling me all about clean cooking and, uh, just the success that you're having. So congratulations on that. And, uh, just really enjoyed our opportunity to learn more about your business. So thanks very much.
0: I appreciate that. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, absolutely.
1: I'm grateful you chose to listen. Please help us out by following, liking, or subscribing to our content at Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, LinkedIn, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Take care and have a blessed day.